Podcasting from Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. This is connecting your community, building community through unity. Through unity. Getting things done takes activism, and Blaine Higgin and Mallory Chris Jansen have come together to share firsthand community voices, bringing awareness to community issues, watching how other communities handle like problems, and sharing their successes. Connecting, connecting your community. Here are your hosts, Blaine Higgin and Mallory Chris Jansen. This is going to be such a special podcast. We have probably one of the most amazing human beings in the middle of us right now. Um, and I just need to put it out there. I am surrounded by Euler fans right now. I'm a Penguin Absolutely. fan. Well, that's your fault. And I don't fault. know what I'm going to do about this. That's, that's okay. As long as that's you're not okay. a Flames fan. You're not you guys a Flames need fan. There you go. If you're not a Flames fan, <laughs> I agree. We're we're everyone's right. okay. So welcome to Connecting Your Community podcast. And today we're going we're gonna to go through some really cool things. And we're going to talk about who Sergeant Jim Bennett is. We're going to talk about his work over on the Blood Tribe. We are going to go through his traditional Blackfoot name, his cultural profile, which is absolutely huge for a non-Indigenous person. We're going to talk about youth prevention, youth engagement, and from a policing perspective, because we know how important that is. Jim has also been the recipient of awards, of nomination, of amazing community recognition as well. And we're also going to dive into some social issues and barriers surrounding remote communities and access, and especially as a police officer. So we are stoked to have you today. <laughs> now, this is really exciting, you know, and it's, yeah. it's been, uh, we chatted about it a little bit earlier and over the last couple of weeks and how exciting this is going to be to be able to have Sergeant Bennett in. And, and uh, thank you for, for, for taking the time and coming in. And, and we're really excited to be able to, to chat with you. First off, let's find out a little bit about... Sergeant Bennett. So maybe family, kids, married, where you live, and what actually kind of got you interested in even the policing side of things? So my name is Jim Bennett. I am raised and from, currently living in Raymond. Mm -hmm. um, I have uh, my dad and his wife, Lori Bennett, Doug and Lori Bennett. Uh, my mom passed away, Margie Glanz, um, which you, we have that connection. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, four siblings. We all live in Raymond. Uh, I'm married to my beautiful wife, whose name is Bailey. We have two children together, ages seven, Abby, or Grace. Grace is age seven, grade two. Abby's six and grade one. Uh, from my previous marriage, I have a son named Jack, okay. who just turned 20, and he is on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints in Sydney, Australia. Sydney, oh. Australia. So, so on that, with the fires and stuff, has that been concerning for you? Have you heard what is going on? Is he close by then? No, we get weekly updates. Like the, okay. they, they keep in touch with us pretty good. I just actually talked to him a couple hours ago. Oh, excellent. Uh, so he's fine. The, the rains have come. Right, um, I heard but, that. And that it so, has been. Oh, but he said the temperature was up to 46 degrees Celsius and just that smoke. So, oh, wow. Do they have winds there? Like, uh, he, so, he never mentioned that. Because it like, seems like that's kind of carries on those fires, yeah. right? But no, well, so uh, I have... Um, I love my community. Like I'm involved with Rotary. I'm involved with lots of things in the in the community of Raymond, and we'll get to it later. But the community of Raymond, various churches, organizations have greatly assisted me over my career working with the Blood Tribe Police. That's so, amazing. So even even Lethbridge communities all over Southern Alberta have assisted me. But a big shout out to Raymond. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Good. So, good. Wow. So, Jim, I'm gonna kind of just get into some stuff with you, and obviously, I followed your work. I'm a big fan. I'm an advocate for youth prevention. Okay. So, we're gonna go into a little bit about the work that you've done, but 
You know, in Lethbridge, I've heard that our student resource officers have been pulled from school districts. Okay. And as someone who went through the school district on my practicum, I had the honor of working with so many amazing SROs. And quite frankly, um, you know, there's a lot of high risk kids that need and can build that relationship with police through school. So my question for you is what is the importance of police and youth engagement? Why is it important? And what have you done to build up youth and to build relationship up as a police officer in the Blood Tribe, Moses Lake area? Just talk to us about the importance of police and youth engagement. So I want a big shout out to the SROs here of Lethbridge because I know a lot of them yeah, personally. Amazing. Um, Steve Vale's great. I know they have their hands work. full. Yep. And they do a great job with, with the amount of people they do have. Yes. You know, kind of we're all over overstretched and underfunded a little bit right. uh, across the province recently, yeah. right. um, especially First Nations. Yes. But youth engagement. So these young kids, even from kindergarten grade one, uh, if they see the police as friends and allies from that young, young age, yes. then we, we're setting ourselves up for success. Like I'm, I'm setting my, my next 10 years up. From the last ten, from the, the last ten years I've worked, are now people. For instance, like the army kids I've helped with on the reserve. Well, these students now are uh, they're in college. They're having kids. Keep them yeah. busy. Keep yeah. them active. Yeah. And, and uh, so know, I'm going to just tell this one story that how many people you see walk up to a uniformed police officer and say, you know, can you please tell my son or my daughter if they don't listen that you're taking them to jail. Right. <laughs> That's the worst thing you can say. Yeah. Uh, especially to young First Nations yes. kids where we, we have that history from uh, before uh, Blood Tribe Police existed. Mm -hmm. uh, stereotypically, like white police officers taking these kids to residential school, that, that whole thing that we want these kids to run to us in emergency, not run away from us. That's we a want, great point. So right from grade one, kindergarten, preschool, I've been to all those classes mm -hmm. numerous times across Alberta that we want those kids to smile and like come give us a hug and be happy to see us. That's where it begins. Because once they're in junior high or they're in high school, it's, you know, they, they have their minds made up and they're already doing the things they're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. So, but to have those allies in youth, uh, youth councils, youth groups, which again, you'll hear, I'm, I'm, I've helped out with a lot of different ones. Right. It, it makes life as a police officer so much better, especially in small communities mm -hmm. or tight-knit communities where everybody knows everybody and right. make a name for yourself. And even in schools, like you, uh, these big schools, like uh, even like my friend Chris Wynn, Tabor Police, the amazing things that he's he's yes. done in Tabor. Like, it's yeah, a, getting that, it's, it's yeah. one of those pillars that we've talked about yep. uh, throughout, and that's prevention, yep. is trying to, to help these individuals so when they get older, they're not exactly running from the police, Absolutely. they run to the police and for, for uh, any questions or concerns that they have. So that's excellent. Well, and kids are so innocent that if they trust you, they're going to say, oh, that, I saw that person do that. Absolutely. They're right. a great yep. source that we'll find out yep. a lot yep. of things from kids that trust us because they don't right. want to deal with those terrible things that happen in some of the communities that we, we police. Yes, right, so right. you talked about Constable Vale. Constable Vale was and is an amazing SRO in the city of Lethbridge. And I think about especially his work in the high schools and the junior highs, right? And we have so many kids who are falling through the cracks, who are starting to use drugs, who don't have a safe place to go. Vale is building those bridges 
of prevention to keep children and youth out of the justice system. So, you know, I think we're all on the same page that youth prevention and policing is one of the strongest assets that we need, especially in the community of Lethbridge. Absolutely. Right. So, um, Bennett, you also are a huge advocate for Indigenous people. You are known as an Indigenous ally. So can you share a little bit about your own cultural profile and also the importance of the Truth and Reconciliation Act? Sure. So I'll introduce myself in, in Blackfoot. I'm just kidding. I, just, I always like to have my list in front of me just to be sure I don't miss anything. That, <laughs> yeah. So, Oki Nixagoa, Nisnodi Donago, Abinakoi, Tsalgaitsam, Gana, Inagikwan, Anidukai, Tsamix. So I just said, hello, ladies and gents. My name is Morning Power Root. Mm. I'm a Blood Tribe police officer, and I'm a member of the Kainai Warrior Society or Hedra Society. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, my una- now I'm my sorry. Una- I am. That, that's so impressive. I love to hear that. And when the elders come and speak to us too, I just, without even understanding, you just feel the love, the compassion and, yeah. and you know what they're bringing. I love to hear them pray when they come to pray yes. before different events and stuff. And I just, I'm, I'm mesmerized. And so, yeah. And it you. is an honor as a non-Indigenous person to be given a traditional Blackfoot name. So my traditional Blackfoot name is Kind Woman. And it was given to me by Elder Bruce Wolfchild. Bruce is <laughs> one of my, he's one of my adopted, adopted oh, parents. He's just a beautiful um, I, human. I love Bruce. Salt yes. of the earth. One yeah. of the best people I know. Yes. So tell us about your cultural profile. So I was, I started in 2009 with Blood Tribe Police. Uh, in 2011, I received my Blackfoot name from Elder Peter Wiesemoxen, oh who is one of, again, who's, who's, who's my elder, who's wow. my, my adopted dad, who's, I can tell stories about Peter and what he's done for me for the next hour. Yes. Um, and then in 2012, or no, sorry, 2000, I'm a, so 2010, sorry, name, 11, I was honored by, with being transferred the rights to Blood Tribe Police TP. So I was the owner um, so through, through a sweat, through a, a ceremony, I then became the owner of the teepee. So wow. I've, I've camped at the Sundance uh, right next to Peter oh in, a, in a prominent place. Uh, very, very blessed. Um, 2012, I received my, my headdress. So I have a... Uh, that's quite a ceremony. I've been to those. For, isn't that something, hey? It is, and quite honored. Like it's, yeah. well, That's probably my highest thing I've ever, I've ever attained yeah. professionally or even personally uh, outside of my family right. uh, in, in, in my life. That's wow. huge. So, um, and then, um, just going down the list, so I have been culturally adopted by 14 families um, in Ghana and Pagani, so mm. on the Blood Tribe and the Pagan Tribe. Okay. Um, I am a child of the Thunderpipe Bundle, so Roxanne Scout, who's a part of my Holy. family. Holy. Um, she, through their family, I'm a child of that bundle. I've been to bundle opening. I've got to see and do some pretty neat things on the reserve. Um, with some of these uh, things I've got, I've also been given the rights to transfer headdresses. I have the rights to, Bruce gave me the rights to transfer teepees. So for, uh, that teepee was now transferred to my coworker, Senior Constable Deeds Little Wolf. So she's now in, in control of it. But Bruce then gave me the rights forever. I'm a teepee owner. I own the colors and my own design. So I could go have my own painted teepee, which is rare. That no, is unbelievable. You know, I'm learning so much here. And, <laughs> and you know, we chatted a little before wow. and, and just hearing some of these different, the, the ownership of the teepee and the colors and stuff. This is, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I, and I hope that yes. uh, those that, that watch this podcast get a better understanding yes. for some of the background and, and how that all works because it's fantastic. It's one of the neatest things in the last few years I've got to do is uh, Dan Fox out on the reserve oh, has, yes. uh, mm-hmm. has a herd of about 100 buffalo. Right. And 
not last year, so two, October 2018, he asked me about a year before, I'd say, uh, to come and be the one that had the honor to kill the buffalo. Oh, so yeah. I went to a, a full day ceremony, tons of people. Uh, Nervous, I bet, before, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I got to shoot and take, I got to shoot and kill three buffalo, um, assist in the slaughter, uh, have the ceremony where those rights are now transferred to me. And just, you, I can't, words can't describe yeah. that exhilaration, that feeling that when you see a 3,000 pound beast, 40 of them yeah. coming your way. Right. And to make you think that they they survived with bows and arrows going 30 kilometers hour, 30 kilometers on an hour, bareback on a horse, and were to be able to bring these these beasts down. That's incredible. Yes. So it was. Uh, oh, and also part of my uh, profile is I did uh, in my youth uh, as a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ Latter Day Saints. I was honored to go serve on the Navajo Reservation oh in New Mexico and Arizona. And that's where oh. it all started for me with my eyes being opened, my perception being changed, and that's where I've now a, a pure love for indigenous people. In very North similar America. cultures? Similar. Um, all, you know, again, they all, all, all a bit different, their, all but very similar. Yeah. Right. So, Jim, just especially as a non-Indigenous person, what an honor. What an honor to be part of all those different ceremonies, especially. And Dan Fox has done amazing work here in Lethbridge as well. So why is it important as a non-Indigenous person to be an Indigenous ally and to raise awareness for the truth and reconciliation, calls to action? Okay, so I, uh, I'm gonna, I do a, I call it a facts talk. Every time I go to the different community groups the last 11 years, I, I go and present facts because a lot of stereotypes and misconceptions still to this day mm-hmm. doesn't matter how much the media does it's it's person-to-person conversations like this who then tell their friends and family what changes so what's why is important because most of the stereotypes are just not true uh, the few things i always talk about i ask people did you know that first nations people didn't have the right to vote in canada 1960. did you know that this free money that everybody says they get. Uh, I, always, I always challenge people to Google this. In 1877, when they signed Treaty Number 7, their yearly allotment was $5. To this day, I believe it's September 21st or 22nd, Treaty 7 day, a Mountie comes from, in Red Surge. They have crisp, brand new $5 bills from the, the Mint. They, they make their mark on the ledger and they get $5. So that's the free- To this day? To this day. That's the free money they get. So certain tribes, everybody has a story. Well, I know this tribe, yep. for instance, Hobima, Muscatchees, that yeah. had oil and gas, and they everybody when they turned eighteen, all these these stories float around there. They all they all get this money. Well, there are some tribes that are now allowed to <laughs> manage their own resources. Yes. They do have they do have an economic benefit for their people. Not a they're not guaranteed any education at the college or university level. Uh, that everybody thinks they get free education. They're not guaranteed free housing. They're not guaranteed yeah. free money. Like all these things. Oh, I heard, I, I see like, oh, he's on welfare. Well, any Canadian's on welfare. And a single, a single person, like, which I deal with all the time, they get, I believe, $305 a month on welfare. And they have the clothes on their back and how else do they survive? Like they, they don't. So they, 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 just, they survive, but they don't, they don't live. Yep. You know? So I talk about those things. Uh, I talk about even um, World War II, World War I, these soldiers, they volunteered to go fight for Canada, yet they weren't even citizens of Canada. They got back from the war, injured, killed, whatever it was, they came back, 
and they still couldn't leave the reserve. Up until 1952, and I've pinned all these articles, I found the article. It was enforced till late 40s, it was taken off the books in 52. Until then, they have a pass system. You could not leave the reserve and, until the late 40s without a pass from the yep. Indian agent. So these veterans, they couldn't vote, couldn't leave the reserve. You couldn't take your wares to, off the reserve to sell them at fair market value. You had to sell them to the Indian agent, quarter yep. the value. I'm just throwing out numbers here. Right. Low value, and then they would make that profit and, and pocket it. That's not even touching on residential schools and yep, what happened right. there. That could be a, a two-hour conversation yeah, of I stories mean, I could tell you. And we talked about yep. this before that, you know what, I, I would I would hope that you would return because it sounds like it's yep. something that... This is another we part, could, We could just, <laughs> and just talking about truth and reconciliation in general yes. and, and having a podcast yeah. on that because so that could really go I far. I just want to tell you just one really quick story of what really changed me. So growing up in Raymond, uh, I kid around that, I, I joke around that I listened to Brock in 99, uh, you know, and all I saw growing up in <laughs> Raymond that? was when we, when we went Carson see my grandparents we'd see the people Main Street Carson we came to Leopards as a youth we'd see the people right um, yes. and that's only and then when that's all you know and that's all the media is feeding you like you you have your perceptions so I went down to New Mexico and my, my first area was on the Navajo Res was near Page Arizona that all the the Res south and surrounding Page and my first month there I tell people this that they taught me more about unconditionally loving somebody and accepting people for just who they are yep. than I could ever taught them through any religion in the in the time I was there. Instantly just let us let us in, let me in, accepted me and and loved me. Yes. And my I'm like, oh my goodness, nothing I know about these people is true. There's a quote from <laughs> Dance with Wolves where Kevin Costner's character says that. Nothing I heard about these people, I've read about these people is true. And that's so true. It doesn't even talk about I'm not even touching on the the, the houses that they never own, Absolutely. the land that they don't own. Yep. Um, so they can never e economically go to a bank. They've had a, this mortgage through the tribe. They pay, they pay a, a mortgage to their house for 25 years. They never own it. And they can't go to the bank and say, I've, I've owned this for 15 years. Where's my, you know? It's a rental type yeah, situation. It is. So they, never, can, they can never put money, they can never get a loan to offset you know, a mortgage they have. Right. Uh, even the land, if I had a 160 acres or you know, how many seconds of land, if I went to the bank for a million dollar loan to get some tractors to farm it myself, yes. I could do that. They don't own the land, they're land occupants. So they, they really, even to this day, they, they, there's things in place that they can't get ahead. Yes. You know, so it, uh, when you, and then when you hear these stories, but when you get to know them firsthand and be accepted by them and, and you hear, for, it took me years to start getting the stories where they, they opened up to me, it breaks mm -hmm. your heart. To know what they've been through, continue to go through, yes. and yet they 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 wear it, they smile, they just take it, and they smile, and they move on with their lives, and they don't complain. Yeah. So we can learn a lot from uh, the like from Bruce guys yes. like that. Absolutely, and Bruce is very predominant and very cultural, and just teaches so much. So we're gonna take a quick break. Thank you for teaching all of this, and and how important it is to be an Indigenous ally. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back. This is Connecting Your Community with Blaine Higgin and Mallory Christiansen. We'll be right back after these messages. There's a new art shop in town. What? Watercolors, acrylics, pastels, brushes, oils, canvas, and paper. Oh! Where? It's new. The Art Room at Smith's Audio on 13th Street North. For high performance sound. And super art supplies. Is Copy Express your one-stop print shop? This thing around. 
the service at Coffee Express. The best thing around, that's what you and the team at Coffee Express offer the best of the best 2019 coffee service. It's where you can see and feel the quality of your print job before you commit to it. Plus, get great pricing on any size of project. Coffee Express, locally owned and operated, just north of Costco. Freddy's Paint and Details has savings to inspire. Save up to 50% off Graber blinds, plus get a free cordless lift system when you buy select Graber blinds. Offer ends April 24th. Some restrictions apply. Details in store. Freddy's Paint and Details, 210 17th Street South. That's, it's, always, it's always fantastic. We talk about this each time and our, our, our sponsors for the podcast, and we're, we're really happy that uh, Freddy's, Yep. is on, on board as well now with uh, helping support this this cause. And so thank you very much to Freddy's, yep. to the Art Room, yes, to Coffee lucky, Express. And this is all about what community is about. So exactly. we always have sponsors that come on. And, and just because we're so fresh, we've just, it's been amazing. The feedback and everything that we have, right? So no, yeah, that's, that's awesome. fantastic. So so carrying on here, and wow, like I said, we could we could be going on for hours about this. And it's super exciting. And I just, I, I love what, I, yes. what I'm hearing. And, and uh uh, but I do want to jump into something and, and which really was floating around social media that yeah. really caught my attention, uh, honestly, was so in 2014, you're recipient of the Police of the Year Award. So how exactly did that come about? And and have you had any other recognitions? Because that's that's fantastic. And it's, it seemed like it was so quiet. Well, yeah, not, until uh, Sheldon D. Chief got a hold of it. <laughs> yeah. well, not, I've been taught by my war vet grandpas, and I've been taught by the elders on this on the reserve who I know and love. There's, they're all about quiet humility. You'd never know what they're about. So I've tried. Uh, I'm not very good at that sometimes. But uh, so in 2014, so the First Nations Chiefs Police, which basically they they govern all the standalone First Nations police services across Canada. Okay. Um, they have uh, awards every year in 2014. Uh, I was nominated and received the Police Officer of the Year Award for the First Nations Policing in Canada. Wow. That's across the whole country. That's, that's a national recognition for the that work that you are doing. That is just amazing. So be wow. humble, but be proud of that, because that's, that's incredible. What, a, what an amazing award to receive. It, it, was, it was pretty neat to go to Ottawa, or it, it was Gatineau, but same thing. Yeah. Yes. So then um, just this last year, last April, uh, the same organization, I received a Distinguished Service Medal for, again, for continuing all the stuff I've done in my career. Um, uh, luckily, just Christmas Eve, I found out that I am now one of 250 people going to the Governor General's Leadership Conference in May and June. A 15-day oh. conference of uh, up-and-coming future leaders in Canada. 2,500 applicants, 250 people are chosen, 23 from Alberta, and, and I'll be going. And you'll be That's going. huge. That so. is, what an honor. So is there very many from Southern Alberta? I didn't hear the rest. We, uh, we'll, I'll get a list um, soon, I think, of That's who else is going. That's so exciting. Wow. Congratulations on that, too. So, so even with respect to this recognition, can you tell us about some of the special projects that you've oh. been a part of? Like, I know we don't have three <laughs> hours to go through okay. everything that you've done, but please, can you let the community and all of our followers know what special projects have you led and been a part of? So through my career, we uh, I started just bringing socks to work uh, because the people in cells, they don't have much. Yes. Uh, that then turned into hygiene kits that then turned into a kind of a breakfast every single morning. And this has all been through my church, my community, who, who sponsored all these things. Um, I have garage sales. Uh, I'll go to like a, a community garage sale every year now, the last five years. 
they call me first to come load up a 27-foot trailer of everything that's left over because it's a full ice rink full of leftover stuff. Right. And then I have like basically three times a year, the last how many years, I'll fill up whole gymnasiums. Numerous times during the year, um, I've brought stuff to in Leopards, the homeless shelter, Streets Alive, on Pagani home, Homeless Shelter, Pagani yes. Head Start, on the Blood Tribe, Moses Lake Shelter, Tent City, the Woman's Shelter, Food Bank, FCSS, I have a hamper project, Standoff Jeez. Library. So I have Rotary, I have That's Rotary so in, in Raymond who have like really helped me, the, the LDS Church yes. has really helped me. Even like uh, 40 bags of seeds and a cash donation for the community garden last fall, last wow. summer. Um, my, one of the big ones, I'll talk about two big ones on currently, um, I received a $10,000 grant uh, where I'm going to be building uh, bunk houses, seven bunk houses through Rotary uh, for the homeless population in Moses Lake. Yes. The, the homeless lake shelter shuts down six months a year, typically. This okay. last year is the first time they didn't. And they all moved to a tent city, um, just north, really? of, north of Cardston, just north of Extra Foods in Cardston. You'd never see it. I can show you pictures if you want next time. I can wow. show you pictures. So extensively every year I've been getting tarps, sleeping bags, um, yes. tents, um, just anything, survival backpacks, you name it. So I fill up gymnasiums now. I have stuff every, all the time. People are now dropping stuff in my house. There's a big cold snap. I have how many boxes of stuff have been brought lately? Mm -hmm. I can imagine how that must have been a real struggle with, with those temperatures getting as low as they did. So luckily they've, they all have they had somewhere warm to go. Mm -hmm. um, and then this last year, uh, Rotary, LDS Church, uh, different families, I got 45 Christmas hampers wow. um, delivered. Wow. Uh, so I thought, I, thought I, tried, I tried to think bigger this year because usually yes. I'll get eight or nine, you know, every year just for my local congregation or just family. And that's definitely um, community support when oh, you see that. And it's, it's so important. And I know, Mallory, we know with, with connecting our community here in Lethbridge and, and how we've, uh, the communities yeah. come together to help people like the Ortegas and, and other individuals through Christmas time and how important that is. So this is really exciting to hear that this is happening at, at uh, all around and that it's 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 just amazing. I've just uh, I think it's lots of words. Also important is that you are a police officer. And so often we talk about stigma like stigmatization against even minority groups, etc. But there's a lot of stigma around police officers, right? And oh they're oppressive and they don't care and you know, but you are demonstrating and many local Lethbridge officers as well demonstrate like even Braylon Higgin are amazing at giving back to the community. So we are firsthand not only seeing a police officer give back, but we're seeing someone who is going above and beyond for individuals facing homelessness, vulnerable circumstances in a very remote and rural community. So you are filling gaps that sometimes are often going unfilled. So and thank filling you gaps. for your work. And we talked about filling gaps. And right before we came on the podcast, we talked about Special Olympics and how the connection you were with, with Constable Hagen and that uh, you've been involved with Special Olympics. And I did ask you if you were going to jump into that, weather, <laughs> yeah, but you'll no, be very supportive of it. And I, I know that we, we, we have... <laughs> I might pull out yeah. on that one. I don't know. No, you're going to have in there. But uh, thank goodness it wasn't like last week, though. And I hope it's oh, not that way horrible. here, and, uh, you know, for the Our jump. I it will be. But your, your, be. Your, uh, your dedication to that cause, too, uh, thank Thank you for that because that is that's amazing yeah there's some, yeah. some great people some great organizations that a lot of police officers in Stellan Alberta support yes I have a lot of great people that I'd, I'd like to name off 20 people right now who do a lot of things I know we don't yeah. have time but there's yeah. a lot of sheriffs Tabor police Lethbridge yes. police across the board yeah um, and you always hear those things those those the police are there to to yes. cause crime and Absolutely. it's not like they're community community oriented a lot of people believe that so thank you for that so as a police officer 
why do you find it important to, or how do you find it important to engage with the community? Well, have you ever heard the history of Sir Robert Peel's principles of the police, the community police. Well, you're going to tell me. Well, <laughs> nope. basically, a, a famous quote is the community is the police, the police is community, in a roundabout way. That's, I might have yes. misquoted it. But you now, the community is the eyes and the ears, and we have to have that trust. And on the Blood Tribe, it's a different dynamic because, you know, if you ever want to read some history about why the Blood Tribe police exist, there's the Rolf inquiry as to what happened, as to some of the not nice things that happen to the people out there with yes. policing. Absolutely. That's why that's why Blood Tribe exists. So it takes, especially as a coming as a white police officer onto the reserve. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked very hard that first year to just It's gonna be get, tough to just to gain that respect, uh, I would imagine, right? Well, hard work always pays off. Absolutely. And 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 you know what, especially out there, they people see right through you. Yes. Good or bad. They they know yes. your heart. They, and they know you're, they, they can see right off the bat uh, mm-hmm. kind of who you are. And you've been there for long enough, so they must have seen through you and saw the good that you had. Yes. Huh? And one of the things, <laughs> too, so. and is that look at the history of Indigenous people, right? Residential school that, you know, we had the agents coming in and stealing children from families and grandparents, right? So even the work that I do, both in, you know, surrounding communities and Lethbridges, you are constantly letting them know that you are someone that they can trust. You are building those relationships, but you also have to do your job as a police officer, right? So yeah, but even moving forward is as a police officer, why is that important to engage with your community? Well, you have to know the community. So you have to know people's backgrounds. You have to know about where I work. You have to know about intergenerational trauma, residential schools. You have to know the the health history of why the health uh, health outcomes are so low. Like there's always a backstory. You people, anybody with addictions, there's a backstory. You'll never know what they've been through unless you ask. Have a conversation. Buy them a coffee. Buy them a meal. Mm -hmm. Every time I talk to somebody who's I see that's kind of in need, I always ask. When's the last time you ate? It's always two days. Absolutely. And so just, they're human really? beings. My, and so when the, it's important to engage because people deserve basic human rights. Absolutely. They deserve to be looked in the eye when they're talking to yeah. them, deserve to be treated like a human being. Yeah. And why I do all these projects? Because what's basic human needs? Absolutely. Shelter, clothing, food. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm supplying all three. And we you just know? take it for granted, and I know we do. That's, we've got it, so so we do take that for granted. And and during this cold weather, I really noticed. I thought, gosh, I'm laying in my warm bed at night, not realizing yeah. that there's there's those people in our community that that are 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 sleeping in a cardboard box or yeah. in minus 25, 30 degree weather. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so the, the the biggest thing about community engagement is building those relationships of trust of having the community trust you so then they know that your your what your intentions are they're going to help you they're yes. going to back you up if you're ever caught in a compromising situation mm-hmm. they're going to give you information that's going to lead to the arrest of drug dealers or Absolutely. people that are wanted yep. like it's a it's a direct correlation and i tell these young constables like if you're good at the community side the intel is going to come and that's going to Absolutely make, and yeah, you're not right. going to fight as much so You're now connected with them, yeah, and so, they do want to share with and you. And there's always those three parts. You have to be good at the investigations, but it's if you're good with people and you're ingrained in the community, those investigations become way easier. Yes. People aren't going to fight you. You're not going to find yourself in danger. You know, policing is inherently dangerous, and there's always circumstances where we're in danger, but you can dictate that yes. that message. You can dictate what goes out to what comes back. What goes back. Whatever you so, put out. 
that's beautiful. And that's what we need, right? And I, I am just going to share something is I've taken a lot of backlash for supporting, wanting and needing. We see the need for more police officers in Lethbridge, right? So we have CPOs, community peace officers that are on the streets now. And these guys are helping to meet those basic needs. But yet, so often I am criticized and even bullied, Jim, because I'm supporting and working a collaborative relationship with the CPOs, with our downtown police unit, because how dare you, because police are oppressive. So I hope that with the work that you are doing, the CPOs downtown Lethbridge, the downtown police unit, that those stigmas that police are oppressive stop because they're not. You guys are building a relationship. You're making sure basic needs are met, which are quite frankly, frontline workers jobs, right? That's what we're paid to do. So I think by bringing you on, it's going to help crush that stigma that police don't care because we know that they do. Oh, we care. Absolutely. I don't right? know how many of my coworkers have right? PTSD. Right? Absolutely. Um, because we care. Exactly. Right. So it's so important to share from your perspective. So in this podcast, we are able to talk about your cultural profile, your traditional Blackfoot name, all of this goodness, youth prevention and the absolute need that we have to have. And even Constable Vale, thank you so much for your work that you do as a student resource officer. But in closing, as we want to know, why is community important? Why is community collaboration important? I'm going to give you an example. So with my I was Army cadets for nine years on yep. the reserve, um, three sisters. Who is when their mother moved to lepers, moved with nothing into the homeless shelter. All three girls came through army cadets. All three are in either university or college. Yes. One, the youngest one, Selena, is Miss Blackfoot, Canada. Oh, and and is, and is going <laughs> to just graduate high school last year yes. and is going to Lethbridge College. Wow. So when you see those effects, that just yes. a little, I have not a big part in that. I just helped out and I got to know all these three girls and their mom. Um, Carrie yes. Ann, Kaylee, and yes. um, like it's that it's, that work is it's amazing when you see those successes. Amazing. It drives you want to do more and to be more and to and help as it. they become successful with with their careers, etc., they get to share with others as well. And so I think yeah. it it puts them on that right path as well, yeah. right? Yes. So we know that there is no community without unity. Jim, thank you for talking about the importance of police engagement, building community throughout Southwest Alberta. We want to remind everyone and thank all of our listeners that we are on iTunes, we're on Google Play, we're on YouTube, Podbean, your favorite podcast station you can find Connecting Your Community. Thanks guys for tuning in. You've been listening to Connecting Your Community with Blaine Higgin and Mallory Christiansen. Join us next time as we continue to discuss community topics topics and how all of us together can make a difference. Remember, there is no community without unity.